You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to your Wednesday edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. And as the uh, New York Giants get ready for their first playoff appearance since 2016, this Sunday's game against the uh, the Minnesota Vikings, I'm joined by Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com. Tyler's done some uh, some great work over the last year, uh, some inside stories on the Giants, and uh, thought we'd bring Tyler on, get to know him a little bit, and uh, and talk a little bit of uh, of New York Giants football. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ed. Thanks so much for for having me on. It's it's got to be a nice change of pace for you to talk a little playoff football, right? It, I, it's happened I, what, once in the last decade. I'm not sure I remember how. We're you know <laughs> we're we're trying to dust off those old muscles, but it's been a while. So so I wanted to ask you, let's just uh, let me just start with this. People get to know you a little bit. It's the first time I've I've had you on the show. Um, you know, Golong is a subscription site, a lot of, uh, lot of wonderful in-depth things there, but can you, uh, you know, just, just tell us a little bit about the site, a little bit about what you try to do over there. Hey, I appreciate the opportunity. Uh, I launched Golong at, at golongtd.com, like you noted in November of 2020. So I covered the Packers at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, for about five years, the Bills at the Buffalo News for a couple of years, and then about four or five years at Bleacher Report doing the whole NFL. And I always kind of gravitated toward the long form, uh, toward profiles, human interest stories, uh, deep dives on teams, kind of get to the inner workings of things behind the curtain to see how the sausage is really made in this league because they don't just uh, feed it to us all on a silver platter at press conferences, right? We got to Got to do a little legwork to, to see how how these teams and these the, these playoff teams really come together, to be honest. So no, I, I just thought the timing was right in, in November 2020 to, cool. to take the plunge and, and do my own thing. They Yeah, they absolutely don't hand uh, hand this information to us on a silver platter. And I'm I'm, I'm chuckling as you as you say that, because I'm thinking about last week and. Jordan Renan of ESPN trying desperately all week long to get Brian Dable to tell him in the press conference in press conferences whether or not starters were going to play in week 18 against uh, against the Eagles and every day Jordan would ask and every day Dable would say Friday evening is when I'm going to make that decision Friday evening is when I'm going to make that decision, which meant Friday evening is long after we get a chance to talk to Day Bowl, of course. <laughs> so what, what he's saying to Jordan is, I'm not going to tell you. 
just flat out, I'm not going to tell you. If you're going to figure it out, go figure it out on your own, <laughs> you know? But yeah, so, and, and it was obvious what they were going to do, but he wasn't going to tell us. And it just, and, and it, it became kind of funny. It, it is, a, it's a different, uh, it's a different beast to cover. And I feel like all teams are the same in that regard. It's very rare to get a head coach or a GM that's going to, to stand at a podium and just completely tell you everything. Is it, you know, they're they're in the business of winning. They they want to try to hold all information in as much as they possibly can. Uh, but I imagine when you have authentic, genuine, all in all good people running a team like the Giants have now versus maybe what the Giants had before, that that's a bonus. That helps. Absolutely. And Brian Dable and Joe Shane are are both one of those. But I I do get a kick out of the uh we did this with Ben McAdoo and we did this with, with day bowl, even, you know, for a few months, it's like, are you going to call the plays six months before the season started? No, I'm not going to, you know, maybe, maybe not. It's a competitive advantage. If I tell you who's going to call the plays, but wait a minute, it's a competitive advantage in March to tell us who's going to call the plays in September. (laughs) A little ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. it, it, It does get a little ridiculous. And, and hey, I one of the big things I wanted to talk to you about, uh, folks at Big Blue View saw my piece on uh, on Brian Dable the other day and how the uh, how the Giants have sort of engineered this turnaround, and a good chunk of that piece came from uh, from a piece that you did on uh, on Daniel Jones and Brian Dable at at Go Long, and it sort of what it basically did is confirmed what I saw with my own eyes. You had, you had some information that, that Dable had intentionally made things difficult on, uh, on Daniel Jones, that he wanted to do that to absolutely to test Daniel Jones. And, and Dable didn't say that to us during the summer. He basically showed it to us on the practice field. And I just, I thought that was really interesting. And for folks who haven't had a chance to to read it, why don't you just uh, you know tell tell folks what you were what you were able to find out? Daniel Jones, to me, I think to to everybody out out there in Giants country and beyond, has got to be one of the more interesting, fascinating, compelling quarterbacks in the league because he kind of is whatever you want him to be. I mean, I can really see a compelling argument for two opposite ends of the spectrum. And even as they're entering the playoffs here, on on one end, you can can see, okay, he's not Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, this this elite specimen with this elite skill where you know when he takes the field, you, you have a chance to win every fourth quarter, go on a playoff run, you can build around him and not even think twice, right? It's like... He doesn't just jump off the screen. He never really has high school to college to the Giants. He's never been this, this can't miss stud. And you can wonder, all right, well, is it ever really in him? Is it ever going to, if it's not in him, is it ever going to come out? Are we ever going to see it? But I, I kind of lean toward the other end of the spectrum where you've seen enough out of Daniel Jones to, as Chris Sims said, build an effing team, draft better, sign guys, build around this, this quarterback, because guess what? He's out there with other teams cast offs at wide receiver, um, you know, an, an offensive line that 
was easily the worst in the NFL. That's better, but not exactly a road grading dominant unit. And he's finding a way to win. He's, he's making the plays in the fourth quarter that you need him to make. He's tough as hell. He's taking shots. He's staying in the game. He's, he's standing in there and delivering big time throws. And above all, he has something really good cooking with Brian Dable where, you know, do you really want to just crinkle that up and throw it into the trash? Like they're, they're, they're clearly starting to understand each other and what plays work, what schemes work, building game plans as, as one that you want to take that into another year with some more talent, with a, a, a true number one and number two receiver and see where this goes. So I think that was kind of the impetus is, all right, this team, they, they, they started hot. They kind of hit a rut. Daniel Jones picked it back up. What does the long-term future look like for Daniel Jones, for the New York Giants? And understandably, there were opinions all over the place, but I think the takeaway from my story is, you know what? Go for it, right? Find a way to make it work in 2023, you know, a, a number that works for both sides. And then be aggressive in free agency. Be aggressive in the draft. Somehow build around him in the short term while you're still hunting for quarterbacks. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting in your story because one of the things that we saw in training camp and one of the things that we learned over time with Brian Dable was that that he was intentionally making things difficult on the Giants' offense. He was putting them in third and long situations to practice on a given day. He was giving them the long field to try to drive. He wasn't, as teams might do sometimes while they're still installing an offense, he wasn't tying Wink Martindale's hands and making Wink Martindale be vanilla on defense. He allowed Wink to, to run pressure packages, to treat it like game situations. He, he, we could see with our eyes that he was making it difficult on the offense. And, and, and I'm, I want you to kind of just tell people a little bit about about what you uncovered, you know, that, that goes even farther than that in terms of, of what Dable was looking for from Daniel Jones in training camp. You know, I'd live living here in Buffalo, New York, and I do a show with Isaiah McKenzie for the Bills. Again and again, you hear, it's not even like you're seeking it out, but players tell you how much they love Brian Dable. They, and it's all, all of the above. Yeah, he's really responsible, maybe most responsible, for the meteoric rise of Josh Allen and developing this quarterback who out of Wyoming was inaccurate, kind of this wild stallion running all over the place. The, you, know, you know where the ball was going to go. Is either going to be 14 rows in the stands or at a guy's feet? And in the season, Dable's the one working with him. In the offseason, Jordan Palmer really helped with all that. But here in West New York, you can credit him for the de that development. The playbook, the schemes, the, the matchups, uh, the misdirection. He's, you know, cutting edge when it comes to offensive innovation, play calling. I know he doesn't do it out there, but he could really get into a rhythm. And you see the difference in a Bills game now versus with Dable, where they're offensively, they're putting up points and, you know, they're moving the ball, but it, it's not really as, as rhythmic as it was with a Brian Dable. But number one, what guys love is he just gets people. He, he gets to know you on a very individual level. He knows that this is a human game played by human beings. He doesn't try to just treat you as a cog in a machine and, 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 and move right along. Uh, and, and it's coming from like Isaiah McKenzie. Here's a slot receiver who really wasn't involved in the offense, who frankly could have been pissed at an offensive coordinator for not using him more. And he, he'd say how much he loves him. 
And that, that really echoed with several players. So I think in that vein, he understood, okay, yes, Daniel Jones needs to be certain things as a quarterback for us to win. And he's, he needs to have a, a certain skill set. But I need to know, number one, what, what, what's his makeup as a human being? Is, is he mentally tough? Because the, 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 over the course of a 17-game NFL season, there's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. You're going to take some shots. You're going to be in pressure situations. Mentally, how do you handle that roller coaster? You can't really do a hell of a lot in practice contact-wise. You don't really want your guys playing in the preseason. So the way he was able to simulate it was with exactly that. What I was told is to make practices as hard as possible on Daniel Jones. He he would tell Wink Martindale, all right, here's what I want you to call because it's going to shut down the place that we're going to call an offense. And then – the, uh, on the flip side of that, when Tyrod Taylor was in with the with the second team offense, he wanted Tyrod to look good, and then that way it's kind of <laughs> creating. A, you know, usually coaches don't want these quarterback controversies and want the media kind of making more of it than we do. Uh, but he kind of wanted that. He, he wanted it, it to look like Daniel Jones was struggling, going through some hard times, and for Tyrod to look good to see how Daniel Jones would handle it day to day. And by all accounts. He passed it with flying colors. I was told that Brian Dayball, quote unquote, loves Daniel Jones. And that word was repeated several times. Loves, loves, loves Daniel Jones. And I I think that that's something that is we're seeing, right? I mean, it's gotten better as the year has progressed. Daniel Jones looks as good as he ever, ever has at the most important time of the year, which is, which is big. And not to get too far ahead of myself, but like, I think you can both, build a team and an offense and a structure for, for Daniel Jones that allows him to succeed and maybe assign him to a three-year deal. Why are you still hunting for quarterbacks? That doesn't stop you from maybe taking a guy in the second or third round and seeing if you turn him into something. And it doesn't stop you from, oh, uh, hey, John Harbaugh. Hey, hey, Baltimore Ravens. Lamar Jackson's available. Oh, we didn't we didn't know that was a possibility, right? I don't think that Brian Dable's just going to shut the door on every other possibility while he still loves Daniel Jones, which is what you want. If you're the New York Giants, yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to look at it. I think that uh, you know Daniel Jones is probably not going to the Hall of Fame, but the way that the way that the NFL plays offense now, increasingly over the last couple of years, where scoring is actually going down a little bit, I think what we're seeing is we're looking. It's less although the explosive play is still critical, but we're looking more at efficiency, get the ball out of your hands, get it to the right, get it to the right people, deliver the ball on time. Don't mess it up. You know, don't, don't be what Dak Prescott's been lately and be a turnover machine and make some plays with your legs. And in that vein, as we said, he's not Josh Allen, he's not Patrick Mahomes, but in that vein, he's playing quarterback not only the way Brian Dable and Mike Kafka have wanted him to play it, but to me, he's playing quarterback the way that you have to in this league right now to be successful. Right. I, that is such a great point. I don't think I'm all the way there yet because I feel like this time of year, give me give me Burrow, you know, right? Give, give me Mahomes. But – how many of those guys are there going to go around? I mean, I think every team would want right. that quarterback. You can win with the guy you just described. And look at San Francisco. On what planet did we think 
a team would be in as good a shape as the San Francisco 49ers are in to realistically go on a Super Bowl run, win the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant, with the last player picked in the draft. It's because <laughs> he doesn't screw up. He gets it to the playmakers in stride, right? Like the, the analogy of handing the baton off to somebody while they're still mm-hmm. moving at full speed. You get you get it to your playmakers. They do something with it. You don't screw up. You run the ball. You play good defense. You can beat anybody in the NFL. So yeah. if, if they fi- they're finally going to have money to spend, the Giants, go build a defense. Be aggressive. I mean, may- maybe there's somebody out there, wide receiver, you can trade a pick for, get creative, because you're not going to sign one in free agency. But – you know, you don't have to panic at quarterback and do something stupid like the Cleveland Browns did last year. No, but I think you're right. You keep, uh, you know, you keep sort of throwing throwing stones at it. If you if you've got a guy whose skill set you love in the middle of the draft, you you know you you take that shot and you see if maybe you can develop that guy into a guy you want to use. Maybe at the end of whatever two or three year contract you're going to sign Daniel Jones to. Right. So, you know, I, I'm all in favor of, of that approach, you know, for, uh, for the giants here going, uh, going forward. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And hey, I wanted to ask you the the other piece. Really, when your work, I think, first came, became sort of known to to myself, to Giants fans, was at the end of last season when you did basically what amounts to an expose, several parts, if I remember correctly, basically on the dysfunction in the Giants front office. And a lot of that, again, I I sort of knew some of that. I sort of, because you can just sort of see it with your own eyes when you're around. You can see that, you know, the pieces of this puzzle just don't fit. And there there are voices that, there are voices, there are loud voices that shouldn't be loud voices. Well, but, well said. Yeah. But you know, when you look at it now, I mean, you I'm sure, you know, from your Buffalo days and and I'm sure you knew Joe Shane a little bit or knew knew of Joe a little bit. Just look at the Giants front office now versus what it was a year ago and, and just give me your thoughts on uh, on what Joe Shane has done. Right. I, I think that maybe a 
a, one theme in in that three part series that you alluded to the the autopsy we we called it because it's like all right what let's take a look at this body it's in pretty bad shape and how did it get here big problem for the Giants as things kind of got worse and worse and worse they just they didn't have as many just hardcore football people with their eyeballs on the on these college games um and and th- those people didn't have a big voice behind the scenes like they should have and then you had a GM who didn't exactly uh inspire much confidence and collaboration and kind of you know didn't what he had as we said yeah he had the sign on the desk right assholes need not apply and as scouts told me, <laughs> you're the biggest one in the room. So that's kind of the big, the bigger problem. But within that, they kind of went this weird direction of, you know, not relying on voices and scouts and personnel people who are at these games all the time. And with Joe Shane, you get somebody who that's where he comes from for better or worse. He's been living out of a Marriott most of his life. Um, and it's kind of sad to be honest that so many of these coaches and GMs like they miss so much of what's important in life. Um, you know, kids' games and birthdays, and you know, you're at this random Big Ten or SEC game and you're missing family time. I that's a conversation for another day. But the way the NFL is built, you need somebody who's dedicated and has that perspective in charge. And the Giants were very, very close to going a different direction and having a GM who. To call Kevin Abrams a salary cap guy maybe a little extreme, but that's really his expertise, right? He didn't really c- come from the swirl that Joe Shane comes from. So they, it could have gone the wrong direction and fast with Joe Judge assuming more power if they didn't absolutely hit rock bottom like they did that last month of the season. They hit rock bottom. You bring in Joe Shane. So not only does he have that that experience of, of scouting so much you know, for, for so long, but he's he's young. He thinks outside of the box. He's he's not going to do what everybody's always done as a GM too. I, th- I think he's he can think forward and maybe take a chance or two. And he's lived that that quarterback dream. I mean, this is a team that hey, they 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 could have taken Josh Rosen. That's what the fans wanted. That's what was <laughs> proven. Josh Allen, Wyoming uh, was as far from a short thing as you can get. But they went through a, a detailed process every step of the way to land on Josh. It wasn't luck. It wasn't like they just willy-nilly took this raw project. No, there's there's a lot that goes into it. And I don't know. I mean, Daniel Jones has proven he deserves a, a contract extension. But that quarterback hunt, it never really stops. And they're always going to be on it. And you've got somebody in charge that has been through it, that's lived it, and hit a home run. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, uh, it's amazing to me. And, and I look at it as another reason why the Giants shouldn't just sort of push Daniel Jones aside. As you said, the, the quarterback hunt in the NFL never ends, but there are very few Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrows and Aaron Rodgers in their primes. There's very few of, of those guys. There's a whole lot of Zach Wilsons and Josh Rosens and and you know Jamarcus Russells and and uh, 
you know, teams like the the Washington Commanders that are a decent quarterback away from being a really good football team. And it's it's hard to throw away a guy who's who you're winning with, a guy who you're who you're functioning with and and seem to be growing with. But is it as amazing to you as it is to me how often the NFL misses on quarterbacks, how hard it is for NFL teams to seem to yeah. figure out what quarterback is the right one and what quarterback should go with which team and, and all of that stuff? It's amazing. I mean, I was just um looking at the Jets and Zach Wilson, and when they when they took him on the NFL Network broadcast, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah. In the moment, one of the one of the announcers on NFL Network says, you know what? He's cocky, but the Jets love that cockiness. It's like this this trait that he had that ended up being his demise in year two and turned off teammates and, and how he lost the locker room was viewed as a strength by the team. I, I mean, these, and these are people who spend their lives scouting and studying and meeting with and talking to these quarterbacks. So, God, that's why it just pays to have somebody in charge who knows what it's like to take the right guy and avoid the wrong guy. And Joe Shane, I think, is the right guy because he's, he's lived it. It is such an inexact science, though, to answer your question. I mean, we have a story coming out um, Wednesday. I guess when people are listening to it, it's probably out at golongtd.com. Bob, Bob McGinn, he works for me. And I work, I used to work with him at the Milwaukee Journal Center. He's covered the NFL draft for decades. He's the absolute best. Nobody's more connected. And uh, he talked to a bunch of uh, personnel, Matt, about the Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf decision. And it's crazy looking back at how much people loved Leaf and thought, yeah, like he's got these traits that Peyton Manning does not have. And a, a lot of folks just outright missed the fact that Manning was going to bust his ass. Leaf wasn't. All the warning signs were there. All the red flags were there staring at you in the face. Ryan Leaf even jokes about it at this point. He's like, man, if people did their homework, they would have seen my teammates didn't like me, right? That I'm, I'm getting kicked out of bars. Um, you've got to do all that stuff and enter into this equation that spits out the right answer for you at quarterback, because if you don't, you're going to get fired. Absolutely. I did a study uh, a few months ago, just going back to 2010. And if you look at quarterbacks drafted in the first round, and when you draft that guy in the first round, you know, you're looking at your franchise guy. That's you're staking your franchise. You're staking your next few years on that guy. And I think if you define it, if you define success as the guy got a second contract with his team where the guy became a Pro Bowl quarterback, I think the NFL success rate for drafting quarterbacks in the first round is somewhere around 30%. And that's just that's that's just pitiful. And it speaks to there's no guarantee that C.J. Stroud or Will Levis or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or Hendon Hooker, there's no guarantee that any of those guys is going to be better than Daniel Jones or be a good NFL quarterback or, or any of that. So it's, it's hard to throw away what you have. It is. Yeah, the grass isn't always greener. And maybe the best comp for Daniel Jones, the more I kind of thought about it, and, and Rich Gannon would be a damn good one. Um, talk to him for that story. And he even said, look, in, Can in, in Minnesota and Kansas City, I just never had somebody put their arm around me and believe in me and build an offense for me and tell me I'm your guy. John Gruden did that in his late 30s, and he makes four Pro Bowls, wins MVP at 39, takes the Raiders to the Super Bowl. It's, it's crazy how things click so late in his career, uh, but it took that long for him to 
have people who actually believed in him. But I think the comp is Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith goes through seven offensive coordinators in seven years. There's bad San Francisco teams, bad offenses, bad coaching, just totally dysfunctional in so many ways. Finally gets John Harbaugh and wins with a, with a defense, with a run game, with a scheme that takes advantage of his strengths. And even Harbaugh moves on. He goes with Colin Kaepernick. But, I mean, he did it with Andy Reid in Kansas City, made a, made a slew of a Pro Bowls and made the playoffs and won a lot of games. He's not, you know, supremely gifted physically. Um, you know, he can run around a little bit. He's, he's mobile. He's got an above-average arm. But I mean, Daniel Jones could be that, like with, with a little continuity, with some belief, with some better players around him, with the defense. Hey, Alex Smith, I mean, he was one or two plays away from getting to some Super Bowls. So I, they're, they're, you, you can talk contention with Daniel Jones if you do the right things around him. Absolutely. And what I have said all year with the Giants is that it's been really nice that they're, that they're in the playoffs. It's been great. But it never really was the point. Making the playoffs this year wasn't ever really the point. It was about setting up the future. It was about being in a situation where you became a, a team that regularly made the playoffs, that competed on a regular basis. And I'm curious, do you do you agree with me that I think with these guys in charge and with what they've done this year that the Giants are are taking some steps toward becoming that? I do. I, I I get that the analytics tell you to be wary of the one score wins, and that can be a telltale sign that ah, maybe this team is a little fraudulent. If they're to me, it's a it's a sign of strength, resilience. Like they they are finding something deep down, you know, at a very human level to make the play they need to make late in the fourth quarter that that they didn't before. Um, and the team they're playing in the playoffs, it's. They're, they're very similar in that regard. You know, Mike Zimmer, those Vikings, they found a way to lose those close games last year. I want to say, God, it's a seven or eight of their of their losses by one score with Zimmer, and it's completely flipped with Kevin O'Connell. That's not just by chance. That's not just completely coincidental. Um, you need a mental toughness to play this game, and that mental toughness is going to help you make those plays late in the game and, and get you believing and expecting to make that play. I think the term Brian Dable loves to use is – you know, he wants, what is it, Um, just like, not mentally tough, like tough-minded people, I think he has said. I want tough-minded people in that moment. Uh, the Giants didn't have it before. They had a lot of fake a lot of fake tough guy stuff from Joe Judge, it seemed. Like, he talked tough. And, hey, I, I took a hook, line, and sink. I remember watching that first press I conference did. thinking, I did I'm ready well. to run. <laughs> it yeah. was never real, substantive. No. It was just kind of smoke and mirrors. It's, it's, it's real with Brian Dable. He's authentic. I mean, he's. He's not, he's not going to coddle these guys either. Like, I mean, Isaiah Hodgins, perfect example. We were just catching up a couple weeks ago, and he said, look, I and he had Dable in Buffalo, obviously. He said, he, he he's a people person. He's a player's coach. But if you screw up, he's going to let you know. He's going to call you out. He's going to tell you exactly what you screwed up on, but you appreciate that as a player. He's getting you answers to questions, and that's all guys want. Mm -hmm. So, I yeah, to answer your question, I think as long as he's the head coach, as long as Shane is the GM, uh, this quarterback decision is, is big. It's huge. But the, I do think that they've got the right people in charge to win over the long haul because it, they're out, they're outsiders. And that's what the Giants have always desperately needed is somebody outside of that protected class of, of people who have kind of been there one way or another 
making decisions and, and thinking independently. Yeah, and it helps that they that they went and got people who had recently experienced winning and, and recently seen the whole basically the whole scenario that the Giants are going through in rebuilding, you know, could because the the Buffalo scenario prior to you know Sean McDermott and and Brandon Bean and all of that is very similar to where the Giants were entering this year, right? It, it, and that's where I start to like second guess myself and thinking, okay, does this mean that they are going to give up on Daniel Jones and challenge themselves to get better? Because I mean, Tyrod Taylor ended the 17-year playoff drop for the Bills. They won nine games. And this is before Dayball arrived that first year with McDermott. Rick Dennison's the offensive coordinator. David Culley is the quarterback's coach. They've got nothing at receiver. I mean, like Deontay Thompson and Calvin Benjamin, at however much he weighed at that point of his career. <laughs> uh, whatever was left of Charles Clay through all his injuries. LaShawn McCoy is on his last legs. They make the playoffs, and they, they could have talked themselves, and, oh, you know, Tyrod, he takes care of the ball. We can win with defense. We can win with grit. And But, no, it was – it was we, we are going to think big. We've got to get a franchise quarterback. We're, we're, we're willing to take um, two steps back to take ten steps forward. And so they traded assets. They moved up in the draft. They still found a way to move up and take Josh Allen, in large part because they had the extra first from trading out of the Mahomes pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Giants don't have the luxury of that kind of draft capital, but they were willing to go six and ten in 2017. I'm sorry, 2018, to then make the playoffs the year after that and become a Super Bowl contender with Josh Allen. So I do wonder, like, if there is one of these quarterbacks, and I'm sure they've been they've got boots on the ground looking at all these quarterbacks and getting to know them in, in every possible way. They absolutely love one of these guys. Are they going to aggressively chase that player? and say to Daniel Jones, okay, we like you for this year, but we don't love you for the next two, three, four years. That is kind of still in the back of my head because of what they went through in Buffalo. I'm not, I still think they find a way to get a three, four year deal done with Daniel Jones because he's earned it. He's exceeded everybody's expectations. But to answer your question, like, yeah, they, in Buffalo, they saw a model that works and it takes, it takes some guts, right? It takes, it takes willingness Mm -hmm. to, It'll lose some games for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one of the things that that Mark Schofield, who is now uh, NFL writer at SB Nation and a good friend of mine, says is progress is not always linear, and that that Great applies line. to quarterbacks. It also probably applies to roster building and, and everything else. Just because you win nine games this year doesn't mean you'll win ten or eleven next year. Right. So it is what it is, and we'll see what the Giants do. And uh, anyway, Tyler, before I let you go, um, I just uh, want to give you uh, give you a chance to uh, let folks know where they can find you on social media, and and what they'll find at Go Long uh, coming up here if they if they choose to uh, to subscribe. Hey, they, thanks so much for having me too, Ed. Really enjoyed the uh, the conversation. Uh, GoLongTD.com. You can go on the the free email list if you'd like, and always upgrade. Once you get the, get the free stories in your inbox or you can become a paid subscriber, it's eight a month, 50 a year. And if you do the annual, uh, just hit, hit me up on Twitter at Ty Dunn, T-Y-D-U-N-N-E, or shoot me an email. 
and I'll send you a book, uh, The Blood and Guts, How Tight End Save Football, because we got Jeremy Shockey on the cover for a reason. I, I went down to Miami <laughs> Beach, shared uh, a few drinks with that but that wild man. It was everything you'd expect, and he was Is he still a wild a man? To talk to. Still a wild oh, yeah. man? Oh, Lord. He's a jet setter, man. He's uh, He goes down to Brazil. You know, As he said, he gets... He gets into his share of bar fights still, like like he did back in the day. Just not in this country because of litigation and whatnot. He he's smart enough to do it outside of the oh, U.S. Man. <laughs> but it was Good, um, what a nutcase. He was something else, and I tell you what, there. I think you're gonna learn sides of Jeremy Shockey that you, you didn't know that I didn't know. I mean, how wow. how hard he worked, how tough he was, how dedicated he was behind the scenes. I mean, he might go out partying or something. He'd almost feel guilty. And just do 100 push-ups in the middle of the night when he's hungover because he just he just has to. He's got to stay on that stay on that grind. Um, but wow. yeah, if, if you subscribe annually, I'll be sure to sign you a book and, and mail it out to you. Awesome. All right, Tyler. Thank you very very much, Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Please uh, stay safe out there. Take care of each other, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on home mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.